0: Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oilseed and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar, thanks for tuning in to episode number 209. It's that time of year again where the lamb market starts to get a bit hectic with the spring lamb supplies picking up pace and with all the chaos over the last few weeks with the constant wet weather, flooding, public holidays it's made for a very big week this week. So big, in fact, Wagga sale yards hit a record yarding. Our boots on the ground, who is here this week to share his insight into new season lamb supply is our regular guest, Ron Rutledge from Nutrien Ag Solutions, where today we're covering where we are today in terms of the flow of lamps to market, what the roadmap is looking forward, and where the opportunities in the market can be found. Before we get stuck in though, a few key takeaways from this week's market. The softer wool market trend continued, which resulted in the lowest weekly clearance rates for some time now. Crossbred prices remain very depressed, and there's no sign of improvement in that market at this point. Last week's backflip on the Black Sea grain corridor is now operating like nothing ever happened. We're now seeing more confidence that the grain corridor will stay, which has seen wheat futures slide back to mid-September levels. This week, we also saw the USDA release their supply and demand update with no big surprises so as a brief overview global wheat supplies up use is up and ending stocks has also been increased slightly so notably Australian production was lifted from 33 million metric tons to 34.5 Argentina production was dropped and Russian production was left at 92 million metric tons that's it from me this week I'll leave you with Ron Rutledge and Robert Herman
1: well, thank you, Liv. And it's it's uh, it's that time of the year again. Some would say the silly season when uh, the land market really ramps up. And so, who better to tell us about what's going on than Ron Rutledge? Ron is uh, the nutrient. Will you explain your role, Ron? Where, what what areas you cover? And uh, and welcome to commodity conversations.
2: Yeah, thanks, Rob, and good afternoon. Um, basically, my audio is through southern Australia through the movements of livestock, both cattle and sheep, and uh, Obviously happy to join today in uh, talk about sheep and lambs and uh, where we're at just
1: right at the moment. Yes, well the sun's out, um, the water's receding to some degree I guess, and pastures is growing. Um, how's that impacting on new season's lamb supply, especially we've got we've had a big market today. I understand in Wagga.
2: Yeah, um, certainly it, it's been a, a happening event, and everyone's known it's, you could set your clock by it, but it's more. And more- More the period uh, 1st of September rather than than where we are in uh, November at the moment. We haven't had long weekends, holidays, Queen's birthday uh, weekends, COVID issues, flooding, um, rain events that have just culminated in a six to seven week delay of the the normal turnout of livestock, um, coinciding with being unable to get shearers to to do what people would essentially like to do. Um, We've culminated today in excess of 70,000 sheep and lambs being yarded at Wagga, in a massive number, a yarding of lambs, uh, notwithstanding, uh, probably you could say that the Wagga yarding today was a fair bit of the Forbes district as well because Forbes haven't had a lamb market for um, a week now and they were right in the spring part of their, their sell-off. So it's a bit of a tricky uh, understanding of where the market is and the high volume and the uh, the, the the badge point uh, number of lambs that we yarded today is has all got a bit of backfill behind it, Rob.
1: Yes, and I we we all watch and hear about those, you know, the flood impact in areas like Forbes and that. So, how are the farmers responding? Where are they? What are they? What directions are they sending their livestock?
2: The 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 very smart agency operatives and the um, uh, producers, for that matter, have had their their gold set to try and book lambs in uh, with processors, which many of them have done. But speaking to one of the major processors as early as yesterday a lot of the lambs that they're receiving uh, this week and last week were lambs that were probably booked in at the end of September, but for various reasons, whether to do with weight logistics and um, just getting the, the the stock to the right uh, requirements, they haven't been able to do. So we've got this backdraft that's now happening with lambs that uh, should have gone, but haven't. And now they're coming. And um, the, the the traction of spring selling is well and truly apparent.
1: Now that, that's right. And that all makes sense, Ron. And, um, and it's terrific to get your insights on this. So today would have been a big test for Walker, I guess. What's your take on the market? How did, What's the report?
2: Um, the take in is it that, that there were there was a very good concentration of uh, prime lambs, or what we call heavy lambs, which sold particularly well. Whilst they may have been off a handful of dollars, um, we're still seeing that the heavy lambs are selling particularly well. But the, the distance that we have between heavy lambs and store lambs is now becoming quite apparent. Uh, We are seeing that the the processors are really keenly sorting after the good heavy lambs, but the trade lambs uh, are hard enough to find, or the right type of trade lambs, but there is a groundswell of light to store lambs, which normally at this time of the year, there's reasonable demand with stubbles being available, irrigation country being watered up with summer pastures. But unfortunately, none of that has been able to occur at this stage, but producers have got in their mind, they've got to shed lambs to, to make way for their normal season program. So with the the planets, let's say, aren't lining up. And hence the store lamb market is going to take a little bit of a battering for a period of time until we can play a bit of catch up uh, with what's required. But I still think that the heavy, good, heavy to trade lambs are going to still still sell really well.
1: Now, I'm talking to Ron Rutledge today on Commodity Conversations, and we're getting the inside running on what's happening in the lamb market. And we really appreciate your time, Ron. What about the processes? I noticed that Angus uh, Brown has has written an article published on Ricardo today where they, they are getting their getting throughput. You know, they're up on last year. Uh, they've been digesting a few more lambs. Is that going strongly enough to cope with what is likely to be a fairly strong run coming forward now, Ron?
2: I think for the right lambs, we're going to see some, some satisfactory results. I mean, keeping in mind year to date, this time to last year, we're in a massive COVID issue still last year. We're probably peaking at 90% capacity of a lot of plants now. So our ability to process has certainly got better, but we still have to be able to be visual that the articles required, particularly in the US is what where the sweet spot is. And uh, the season hasn't allowed for those lands to be turned off in those categories and uh the, the rest of the trade supermarket lambs a lot of those that space has been taken up with pre-bookings so the the the, the uh additive of the supermarkets in the sale yard space is a little bit remote and uh, we're just seeing that that flux in the moment of, of, of a significant difference in price structures from top to bottom
1: so that tells me ron that um, well let's put your crystal ball, let's have a look at the crystal ball here and um you know Should we be looking forward to those heavy lamb demand holding? And if that's the case, then I'm thinking that there's probably going to be opportunities as this sun keeps pasture growing for people to take out a few lambs and turn them out.
2: The caveat on that, Ben, Rob, is that I think a lot of people are thinking that we are selling lambs whilst we've got a lot of feed. There is no question the feed factor in southern Australia is, is great. People are getting the lambs into the yards and saying, I've finished for shearing. I don't know whether I'll be able to get a shearer back. I think mm-hmm. the fly issue is becoming a big issue, particularly as we go from north to south. Flies are becoming a big problem. And just getting the shearer, I think if we could, Acme somehow put another 1,000 shearers into Victoria, we would see a lot of lambs being kept. But um, we just don't have that shear capacity of shearers to provide for the lambs to be kept
1: yeah so that's that's you you've hit the nail on the head there ron and and we always know that the the challenges with um, running sheep are different to anything else but uh, also the opportunities the 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 opportunity to actually you know deliver quality lamb into this market i guess is also going to be attractive to people but at the moment I mean, you've got to focus on we've got crops here that are people are wondering whether they're going to get a machine onto them at all before they even start thinking about what they're going to put on those stubbles.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, Rob. I think that the big thing is that we're just all behind. Everyone's work, workload on their properties are behind and they're just trying to play a bit of catch up. The other thing we need to keep in mind is that people's cash flow have been, it's been a long, long period of time without any cash flow. So people need to be able to extract some cash flow for their their surplus sales and they need to move with that to to start paying for other parts of the farm. Um, The other interesting note, which really reflects what we're talking about is the current mutton standing with the amount of mutton that's being sold through the sale yard system that has got a skin on them. Um, Big rebates on a lot of mutton uh, and that's just a consequence that we can only get a shearer for three, four, five days and our surplus sheep are just not getting a chance or or our aged sheep that would normally be sold we can't get a shearer to shear them. So they, they're coming into the sale yards with quite quite healthy lengths of wool. So there's also an opportunity within the mutton market that if you've got some connectivity with a shearer, to sort of put some mutton out because I think that's going to be a bit of a sweet spot that we could also think about that maybe some older sheep might tend to do better on some rank older feed than maybe some lambs.
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting observation, Ryan. And we know that over the years in the past, people have made good money out of mutton um there is that caveat though you know are you prepared to um you know lock in your shearer um get the wool off them i know that uh, skin prices aren't, aren't great at the moment we were in the other day and uh you know a client um relayed to me that his lamb his heavy lambs you know 55 kilogram lambs only had a three or four dollar skin on them so so that's a problem i think mutton is going to be the interesting one that uh is going to be a dynamic in all of this because if we do start to see a flood of mutton come onto the market and take up space where the increased lamb volume is it could be it could be causing another bottleneck ron
2: yeah oh absolutely and and i mean the i think if you talk to the the meat sales department the retail yield on selling mutton is probably as good as lamb but a lot of people are focused on their set programs and they still have to to the customer uh, that they they got at the moment, but I think if you looked at the retail yield on the on the on the wholesale price, mutton might be as good an option as any. But a lot of processes as as rural producers can't just change with the wind.
1: No, so so let's just look ahead for a minute. Um, you know, a big yarding in Wagga today, uh, which sort of signals that I guess the start of the big yardings. Um, just just paint the picture, Ron, for what happens next. What happens in places like Bendigo? Down to Ballarat, down to Hamilton.
2: Well, the roadmap is pretty simple at the moment. Bendigo still hasn't peaked with its numbers yet, and if we just—and we shouldn't use the water analogy—but the Bendigo high water mark is coming over the next two to three weeks. Then we'll proceed down through to Ballarat, uh, which will be another two weeks after that. And we're seeing lambs enter the Hamilton district, um, but they, their high water mark may not come until very close to December. Um, the challenge is if, if, if three centres, particularly those three centres and our other peripheral centres, start to yard lots of lambs, it's the old economic theory demand and supply. If the supply does the demand, well, it's and there's only one thing it can be affected is price. So uh, we're just hoping that these next formulation of rain events can hold a few lambs off into the south before we can get Bendigo over and done with. And that's what we can only hope for that we can just temper the supply. Um, A lot of people uh, are wanting to sell lambs, but they've probably got to wait for their shearing contractor to arrive and that just might hold a few lambs. But I can say that if you're working certainly from Ballarat through the, the South Australian border, your Christmas will be certainly different to what you might have had last year in that you'll be still marketing lambs or calves pretty predominantly.
1: Yes, that's right. And I think, um, I mean, I'm um, sniffing the wind here a little bit, Ron, I I would love to have uh, a son or daughter at home who could shear a few sheep. And uh, if they could, I think the opportunities might present themselves for people to take on, uh, you know, a store job, whether it's uh, lamb or mutton, uh, especially with the amount of feed that's, that's still going to grow down here. Um, Ron uh, really appreciate your time it's great insights to add to the Mercado analysis if you like to have somebody on the ground thanks very much I think we're at a stage Ron where um, probably Olivia's going to schedule us in for another chat in the short in a, in a couple of weeks just to keep an eye on how this whole market's going.
2: Yeah I think it's a good observation just to, con- to concede where the levels are at the different centres throughout the southern zone and I think you'll find that it'll just be a natural incline but As I say, I don't want them all to peak at once.
1: Exactly. Thanks, Ron. All the best. Thanks, Rob.